0: For the fans in the Midwest, but heard coast to coast. The ones that bleed red and yellow. This is the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. Hello and welcome to your special episode of the week for the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. I am your host, Travis Steffen. Today we are not going to be talking about any one specific game as we will be talking a little bit more of what we've seen over the past two weeks, uh, what we expect, uh, where have the Chiefs exceeded or not met expectations that we have all had for this season so far, and a little bit uh, around the AFC West and what that's looking like for the race there. So to start off, we're going to talk a little bit about the expectations we had going into this 2017 season and uh if you listen here or read any of my stuff on arrowhead addict or on twitter stuff like that you'll know that i did i did think that alex smith was going to have a better year he was going to have a really good year knowing that patrick mahomes was sitting behind him i expected him to take a little bit of a step forward but what i've seen from alex smith in these two weeks is not at all what i expected I didn't expect for them to win their first two games, let alone for Alex Smith to be playing at the level that he's at right now. And while I say that, I stated this before that I am still not on that bandwagon yet. I need to see it consistently throughout the season. I need to see it in the playoffs. And if I can see if Alex Smith can play like he's played the last two weeks in the playoffs, I think that this could be a very easy call that they are a Super Bowl contender. Um, of course, the last two seasons, the Chiefs have been stuck in the divisional round, losing in New England in 2015, and then losing at home to a kicker uh, against Pittsburgh last year. So once again, it you know, I definitely have to see it in the playoffs, but I am not trying to bash on Alex Smith or anything like that. I think that he has played lights out and I, like I said, he's, he's definitely exceeded my expectations, uh, going into the season. Um, in fact, he's already gotten a third of the touchdowns that he had last year with five touchdowns so far in two games. He had four against new England and then the one against Philadelphia. Um, and there's a few guys that I think that have exceeded my expectations for this season. And obviously as a lot of you and I were, you know, on the hype train for cream hunt, we weren't at least I was not expecting for him to be having this big of a breakout so far this year. Um, he's already tied the leading rushers for the chiefs last year in touchdowns in both receiving and rushing touchdowns with, um, Three rushing touchdowns and two receiving. So, overall, he lead, Kareem Hunt leads the NFL in rushing right now. Um, he's got five total touchdowns, like I said. Uh, I think his total yards was something like 209, 219, somewhere around in there. But the next closest up is CJ Anderson from the Broncos with 199. Uh, that really surprised me, but we'll get into that one whenever we talk about the AFC West race. Um, you know, of course, Jones had a really good game this last week. Uh, AFC Player Defensive Player of the Week, uh, he had three sacks, two forced fumbles, and one interception. That was the second time that all of that has been done in a single game since 94. And the last time it was done... Was by James Harrison, I believe, in two thousand seven. Uh, that's all with only playing thirty-two snaps, which is forty-four percent of the defensive snaps last week. So Chris Jones has definitely stepped up his game. Uh, he's playing with that same uh, high motor, uh, just you know, great personality. You know, just real get after the passer kind of guy. And you know, that was one of the things I talked about in the offseason was. You know, Chris Jones was great in his rookie season, but he just already surpassed his sack total from last season as well. He only had two sacks in twenty sixteen, which may come to a surprise for a lot of you. I know I know that when I read that stat that, that really surprised me. But he was still getting quite a bit of pressure last year. He was definitely a you know, forced to deal with. He wasn't even expected to play a whole lot, or at least as much as he did, but With the Chiefs having the most injured front seven in 2016, he was kind of forced to step in and play. But, you know, with having a full offseason and, you know, getting a full training camp, all that kind of stuff, even though he was uh, hurt for a lot of training camp and a lot of preseason, I expected him to come in and look even better than his rookie season. And I thought he looked really good in his rookie season. So, all offseason, I've been very excited to see what he will bring to the table. And I got to say, I am not uh, disappointed one bit. He has played lights out, and um, right next to him, Benny Logan has played really well so far since coming over from Philadelphia in the offseason. And I, I don't think he's getting enough credit, and a lot of that, I think, comes to the fact of that the Chiefs, especially in the first half, of both games have been pl- dropping eight into coverage and so it's only been three guys rushing the passer against five or six linemen and even with some of that Benny Logan's been getting into the backfield and getting in the face of the quarterbacks and I might have to go back and uh go back over those two games and post some you know little videos and clips to show That he is getting back there and getting some pressure and doing really well. In fact, he was the guy that on, I think it was Carson Wentz's second fumble of the game on Sunday. He was the guy that got right back there and tackled him right as he picked it up. So, uh, very good addition there. Very happy with what I've seen from him. Um, uh, Probably the most, let's see. Uh, maybe two of the most that I really didn't expect to hit these kind of expectations or hit these uh, floor or, you know, play as well as they've been playing is LDT. Uh, Like I said, last podcast, he uh, got the contract extension or his first big contract uh, over the off season. And a lot of people were pissed off because it was before Eric Berry. Uh, A lot of people still hadn't come around to, to him yet. And, to be honest, if you go back and look at the contracts that were given out to guards over the offseason, we got a pretty good deal. And the Chiefs were doing a deal to basically give him money for what they think that he will be instead of what he's played to already. LDT has come a long way each season. He's made big strides. And, you know, even in 2015, I probably would have said, I, you know, I don't even want him on this team. Like he's just that bad. And you know, when he came in in 2014, he was just god-awful. But, you know, last year we saw a big step up. And then this year, he's looked exceptional. Against the Eagles, he was going up against um, Fletcher Cox most of the game. And he didn't allow a single pressure. In fact, LDT hasn't allowed a single pressure on Alex Smith at all this season. And so you're playing against one of the best players defensive lineman in the game and the Eagles actually had to switch Fletcher Cox to the other side so that he could get some pressure and go go up against Witzman. so that was definitely something I was not expecting I was expecting a you know step up but LDT has been playing like an elite lineman and I'm comfortable with saying that I think that he has had an exceptional first two games especially against the Eagles when the rest of the offensive line was really struggling So, the other guy I would say that has uh, exceeded some expectations is Rameek Wilson. Uh, We've seen, you know, I've seen on Twitter that a lot of people are starting to notice it, but we've seen him up at the line and telling guys where to line up and, you know, calling out the plays, stuff like that, kind of doing that DJ role that we're all so used to. And DJ's kind of hung back and let him do it. And so we're seeing Wilson take that next step forward into DJ's role and he's also been, you know, not only has he been, you know, just good at calling the plays, getting everyone lined up and looking like a true leader on defense, but he's also been a lot quicker. Uh, He doesn't hesitate nearly as much as he did in 2016 when he had to come in. Uh, He actually lost his, you know, starting, or well, I guess he didn't lose it, but Uh, He lost the battle for the starting role next to DJ to Marsh Lilliard last year, who's not even on the team anymore and now is in Miami. But he has attacked the holes and plugged up holes for the run game. He has been really good, especially against the Eagles. I really noticed this, that any time that a running back was coming out of the backfield and going towards the sidelines or even a tight end, he was quickly getting over there. Now, he did get beat a couple times, but you got to realize that Sproul's speed is insane. I don't expect Rameek Wilson to keep up with him. So he got beat a couple times, but he was right there. And so I w- I have definitely been uh, very impressed with what Rameek Wilson has done this year so far in just two games, of course. But, you know, he looked good in the preseason as well. Uh, I expect that, you know, he'll get... Probably a little less time, you know, as Reggie Ragland, you know, gets healthier and they start bringing him in more for the obvious rushing downs next to DJ. But you might also see a little bit of Rameek Wilson coming in for DJ and those two kind of rotating out once that does happen. And I I hope that, you know, the Chiefs will be doing a lot more three safety sets like they have continued to do, especially with Eric Berry out. Uh, I like Daniel Sorensen down in the box, uh, I think he just brings a lot to the table, and I think that's his best suited position. Um, I don't really care for him in one-on-one coverage. Uh, yes, he's made a couple flash plays, but most most of the flash plays that you're remembering from last season were when he was playing up high or in zone coverage and was able to kind of ball hawk a little bit. Uh, but he has gotten beat quite a few times. Uh, I know he was four for eight against the Eagles, and which is not terrible um but i just think that he's a better hybrid linebacker than he is a coverage safety i think that parker and murray are a lot better in coverage than he is and with Sorensen in the box it it really keeps the quarterback on notice because he can you know make a huge effect in the run game he can you know take on a tight end or running back out of the backfield and i'm okay you know with those right off the line Uh, but also, as you saw a lot against the Eagles, he can come in like a rocket coming, you know, through the interior of the line and get after the quarterback. So when he lines up in the box, the quarterback has to wonder every single time, is he coming at me or not? Is he blitzing or is he going into coverage? What is, what is his role right now? And, uh, you know, I know he didn't get any sacks. Uh, against the Eagles, but I think he had three QB hits, and some of them were brutal. One of them, uh, he completely just knocked Wentz out. And then there was another one that he jumped over the lineman to get a hand on Wentz. He didn't get the sack, but it definitely disturbed the play and made it forced an incompletion. So, he's looked really good coming off his, you know, new contract and everything, and really stepping up to help with the absence of Eric Berry. Um... I wrote an article about Sorensen and Murray having to step up uh, for the Chiefs with Eric Berry out, and you can find that over on Arrowhead Addict. Um, And then I have a piece coming out probably tomorrow over there about the defensive line and outside linebackers basically needing to bring the pass rush this week as they go into San Diego. But we'll save that for tomorrow's podcast. Um, Houston... I guess uh he hasn't really exceeded or you know he's right where I thought he would be. Uh you know the last two games like I said they've been dropping eight into coverage especially in the first half. So we haven't seen a whole lot of him rushing the passer and once again I want to see a lot more of that this week against a weak offensive line, but we finally have a healthy Justin Houston, fully healthy Justin Houston this year and I could not be more excited about it. Um, we've seen him do really well in the run game. Uh, he's probably one of the best at setting the edge in the game. He's one of the best at rushing the passer. Uh, he's already got, you know, a few sacks this year. I think he's got 3 total. Uh, but like I said, he hasn't had the full opportunity to go after the quarterbacks this year yet. So, uh, I'm definitely interested to see how he does. Uh, and then you have Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm probably going to wait another game or two, probably after week four, to do a film review on how Tyreek Hill has transitioned into the number one receiver role. Um, but, you know, a lot of people got to realize uh, I heard in a uh, quick, you know, YouTube video uh, Matt Kelly was trash talking Hill uh, basically for that he was just a gadget guy that he's not going to live up to the hype, that he didn't even have the most receiving yards at West Alabama when he transferred there after his incident, stuff like that. And basically just saying that there's no way that he's the real deal and that the only reason he was good last year was because he snuck up on people and no one knew about him. And I think that's what, what a lot of people don't realize is that Tyreek Hill was a primary running back in college. So last year was his first real year as a wide receiver, and we saw, you know, in the first half of the season he was mainly just a special teams gunner and returner. And when Tyree or not Tyree Hill, but when Jeremy Macklin got hurt and had to sit out for four games, that was the first time we really got to see Tyree Kill. So yeah, he snuck up on people a little bit. But look at the progression from midway through the season to the end you know first real year as a receiver and learned as much as he did is just phenomenal and now he's at a full off season, full training camp you know he went and worked out with Jeremy Macklin and Chris Conley and all of them before Jeremy Macklin got released and went to Baltimore but we saw a lot especially in the Patriots game and I don't think that he really got the chance In the Eagles game, uh, there was the one deep pass in the end zone that was just a little bit off. Um, But that's, you know, it's one of those passes that I'm just happy that Alex Smith is trying. Um, But he didn't really get as many opportunities against the Eagles just because of the fact that the Eagles' front seven was in Alex's face and getting too much pressure to where there wasn't enough time to really go deep. The the Chiefs actually only went deep, I think, three times in that game. Uh, You had the first drive to Travis Kelsey. You had, uh, in the second quarter, you had the one to Tyree Kill that was a miss. And then you had late in the fourth to Chris Conley. And it was so beautiful. I have been trying to tell you guys how much I love Chris Conley. And, you know, I've talked about how I don't think that Chris Conley has been utilized right with Alex Smith because Alex Smith usually wants, you know, two or three yards of separation for him to throw it deep. And we didn't see that when in that throw to Chris Conley because Chris Conley had a guy right there with him. But Alex Smith threw it over the top, perfectly Right in stride. I mean, just beautiful pass. Something I was not expecting at all. And I jumped out of my seat at Arrowhead. I was so pumped up. Now, of course, the rest of the crowd was pumped up too. But me being a huge Chris Conley believer, I think that I was a little bit more excited. I, I, I still am in a little bit of disbelief that he actually threw it to Chris Conley deep. But um, like I said, I think Chris Conley can be a huge weapon in this offense, especially if you know Alex Smith decides to utilize him more, uh, we didn't see him even getting a whole lot of looks last year. Uh, but it was still a big upgrade from his rookie season, where he really struggled. Um, I think that if he can utilize him right, that the Chiefs get him more involved in the offense, and be you know Smith being more willing to throw a little bit of contested balls. Those those are what Chris Conley is good at. He's got very strong hands. He's got you know he's good at you know the point of the attack. Great, if you can get Chris Conley even as a fourth weapon behind Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Kareem Hunt, can you imagine what that will do to defenses? They won't know who to you know give that extra help to. I mean, it's, it would be insane. So. That's definitely something I'm gonna keep an eye out for, and if we start seeing more of this, I'll definitely have a Chris Conley review up on Arrowhead Addict. But expect some probably sometime after Week Four for the Tyree Kill one. Uh, I need a little more, you know, more than two games to really do a film film review. But I am looking forward to it. I got a lot of people asking me when I'm gonna start doing them, uh, including you know some of the guys over on Arrowhead Addict. So uh, be on the lookout for those. Um, but switching over a little bit the chiefs offense where it's really surprised me is the fourth quarter play uh in both the first two games uh it's been very close going into the fourth quarter and in the fourth quarter alone in two games the chiefs offense has scored 35 points while only allowing 10 points that is phenomenal I mean, it is just unbelievable. And the Chiefs defense has also got six sacks and an interception in those fourth quarters. While the offense has had 206 passing yards and two touchdowns, and then 114 rushing and three touchdowns. So just overall, I mean, it just unbelievable statistics for the fourth quarter. Um, but overall, as the offense, I... I think the things that really just blew my mind, I never thought I'd see with Alex Smith, you know, running this offense. The Chiefs offense is in second place for average points per game at 34.5. They're fifth in passing yards a game at 292. They are second in average rushing yards, 148.5. And they are also second in total yards a game in 440.5. Did you, did you at all expect for that to be the average for this offense? 440. That is insane. And I, you know, as excited as I am, I'm trying not to get my hopes up because we've seen Alex Smith play, you know, you know, some really good games, but we've also seen him just play those dumpster fire games where he can't hit the broadside of the barn. So trying to keep my Uh, optimism up but while not trying to get my hopes up but you know I really hope to see a lot of this from Alex Smith and this offense Uh, Kareem Hunt has definitely stepped up as a rookie Uh, we saw CJ Spiller get booted again and they brought in Akeem Hunt so now we got two hunts in the backfield and what's even more crazy is now you have a number 27 and number 31 running backs again the last time that was was Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson. So, exciting all-around offense. I'm very excited, you know, for some for something that was the real struggle last year. Uh, it has really turned itself around, at least in the first two weeks, to be the strength of the team. Um, While well, the defense has kind of struggled a little bit, but come up big in key situations, uh, they've given up a lot of yards. In fact, they're actually 29th in... Uh, yards allowed so far this year but some of that is the bend don't break offense and a lot of people didn't notice especially against the Eagles for whatever reason in Bob Sutton's game plan they had Marcus Peters playing like 10 or 15 yards off the off of his receivers and if anything I think Marcus Peters should be playing at the line and be playing more press man but usually they have him you know five to ten yards off you know just a little bit of a spacing in between but you know the only reason that Wentz was able to get some yards against Marcus Peters was because he was having to play so far off of them I mean the guys were wide freaking open and I don't you know like part of that some of the bend don't break and I think a little bit of that is Bob Sutton wanting quarterbacks to kind of throw more towards that side and relieve Philip Gaines and Terrence Mitchell who were struggling a little bit um but What's weird about Philip Gaines is that with his injury, you would think that his problem would be his, his speed, his quickness, and stuff like that, but that's not his problem. He's actually been hanging tight with his guys for the most part, but getting his head turned around and making a play for the ball has been the problem. And I don't think that he has just been absolute garbage or anything like that, same with Terrence Mitchell, but they both have struggled. In the first two weeks. Uh, is definitely starting to give me some worry. Uh, especially come time, you know, we, we have to play the Steelers and the Raiders before Steven Nelson comes back. Uh, you know, I know that I was one of the guys that thought that Terrence Mitchell would come in and uh, be able to play at his performance level that he did down the, down the stretch last year. But, you know, of course he missed all of preseason with, you know, some injury, but I, I'm i starting to worry. I'm not in full panic mode yet, but I am really starting to worry, especially with Eric Berry out. Um, I think that Eric Murray played a really good job against the Eagles, and, um, you know, if you take away that one uh, just fluke of a play that was off of Terrence Mitchell that Zach Ertz caught, that actually Eric Murray saved from a touchdown and then Andy icing the kicker. You know, outside of that play, he only allowed two completions for something like 23 yards. Uh, He was matched up against Ertz quite a bit, and Ertz is a pretty good tight end. Uh, You know, Philadelphia really likes to use their tight ends and running backs out of the backfield, just like the Chiefs, of course, because Doug Peterson has spent most of his career working under Andy Reid. So a lot of their playbook is the same. And what really surprises me about him is the fact that even Eagles fans are pissed off about this, but Doug Peterson has been a pass-first coach. And Carson Wentz has thrown for about 40 attempts in both of his first two games. That is outrageous. And so, of course, they were going to have, you know, a lot more yardage, you know, a lot more than I wanted them to give up in 350 some odd yards this past week to Carson Wentz. But, you know, they found a way, they got it done, which is the normal kind of story there. Um, But let's switch it over and talk a little bit about the AFC West and where what we have seen from around the AFC West. um, There's been a lot of impressive uh, play coming out and we we all knew that this was gonna be the best division in football. Uh, we knew that going into it, but I know we've only seen two games and I usually don't really decide what I think about a team until week four, week five. but the Denver Broncos have really impressed me more than the uh, Oakland Raiders honestly and I know they're still getting that hype train for whatever reason, but the Denver Broncos have looked a lot better in the first two weeks. They beat the Chargers at home, and which would have been a pretty dominant showing. Uh, it was actually a really close game, came down to a blocked kick for a field goal at the end of the game because the Broncos were pretty much trying to give the uh, Chargers the win in the fourth quarter, but... Those first three quarters, they looked really good. And then they just dominated the Dallas Cowboys offense. And I've been saying I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be good this year. Uh, They've lost way too many weapons on defense. I'm pretty sure they lost like eight of their starters on defense this offseason. So I knew their defense was going to be horrible. But what the Broncos did, even if they are you know, still probably the best defense in football right now, What they did to that Cowboys offense was insane. Ezekiel Elliott didn't even have 10 rushing yards. I think he only had like 8 or 9 carries. Maybe it was like 9 carries for 8 yards or vice versa. But either way, uh, really shut him down. uh, Shut down the pass game. And they put up something like 40 points against the Cowboys. Really shut him out. Really... uh, you know, a team that went 13-3 and last year, either way, still looked really good. Um, but then you have the Oakland Raiders, who beat the Titans in Tennessee. Uh, I, th- I think I've talked about this a little bit, but I think that game was more of the Titans not being able to really get in sync. Uh, Eric Decker and their rookie receiver, whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, neither of them played in the preseason. And Decker came over, if not right before the preseason started, then in the preseason. And they really just did not have the connection with them and Mariota, especially with Decker. And then the run game was not really looking all that great. Of course, Tennessee's run game looked really well uh, in week two. But I think that was more of Tennessee just not being in sync. With the offense, especially, Um, I definitely don't think that the Raiders' defense was a huge contributor to that. I think that they played a good game, but I don't think that they were the reason that the Tennessee Titans couldn't, you know, really get anything going for the most part. And then you have they hosted the New York Jets. Yes, they crushed them forty something to twenty something. I don't care. It's the Jets. The Jets are going to be one of the teams fighting for the number one pick in the 2018 draft. Okay, so this whole Raiders getting boosted up even more in the power rankings, which I don't really care about power rankings, and this is why. They just beat, you know, one of the worst teams in football and moved up in the power rankings. And in some of them, they're in first place. And it doesn't make sense to me. I still think that their defense is going to be in shambles, you know, once they actually play a really good offense. Uh, You could say, you know, Titans have a good offense, but like I said, they weren't really in sync. Uh, But the Jets, you think that's a good offense? I don't. They don't have Brandon Marshall. They don't have Eric Decker anymore. They have McCown at quarterback. It's pretty trash. I mean... Between the Jets and the Bills, they're they're dumping this year. They're they're trying to be the worst by getting rid of all their good pieces so that they can rebuild in the draft. And so the fact that the Raiders have moved up in power rankings after beating the Jets, and in some over the Chiefs, who not only have beat the Raiders with Derek Carr in, you know, the last few seasons. They, the Chiefs are 5-1 against Derek Carr. Put it that way. So Derek Carr is yet to find a way to really take on the Kansas City Chiefs who won the division last year. Um, yes, they've got Marshawn Lynch who looks pretty good. Uh, you know, They've got some new weapons in Cook at tight end, Patterson at receiver, I guess. Um, but you still have a defense that I expect to not – basically be you know towards past you know at least past midway uh i expect them to be in the 20s in total yards and touchdowns and stuff like that by the end of the year especially with this schedule and Derek carr has also gone two and ten last two years against those those seasons playoff teams and the only two wins he's gotten is against osweiler one for the broncos one for the texans Osweiler's not playing this year unless some fluke happens, so they're going to have to find a way to beat some playoff caliber teams that aren't run by Osweiler, so I'm still not in the hype train that the Raiders are the team to beat the Patriots in New England. Oh wait, the Chiefs have already done that. The Chiefs have had probably the most impressive start to a season this year out of all 32 teams. I am comfortable saying that. They have gone into New England on Banner Night in front of the nation on Thursday Night Football to kick off the regular season, hung tight for three quarters, and then dominated the Patriots in the fourth quarter. Winning on the road, breaking records, Uh, Kareem Hunt broke a record, Alex Smith looked fantastic, Uh, most points given up by a Bill Belichick team in his career, then they come, they come home, and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think the Eagles are actually going to win their division this year. Uh, like I said, I don't think the Cowboys are going to be that good. Redskins, eh, they're probably around like a 7-9 team at best. The Giants have looked god-awful right now. Now, you can say, oh, it's because uh, Odell Beckham is you know, still recovering, I guess. I mean, he was in the game, but yeah, he might not have been 100%, but... You know, with the weapons you still have in Brandon Marshall and Shepard, what? Their offensive line is garbage. Eli Manning is regressing. He has been regressing since his last Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I don't think they're going to win another Super Bowl with Eli Manning, especially if they have that offensive line. Really, the only thing they have going for him is the defense, and the defense hasn't even looked all that great. So. I actually expect the Eagles to win their division this year, go from worst to first. That's my hot take on who's going to go from worst to first this year. Um, So either way, Eagles are definitely a playoff contending team, but you just beat the Super Bowl champs in their house on Banner Night to start out the season in really good form, and then you host the Eagles and beat them. I think that's probably the best two games to start off the season and most impressive wins by far. Yet there's a lot of, you know, NFL power rankings that show that they are third or fourth. A lot of those are Raiders being in first though. So, like I said, I don't I don't really care too much for power rankings, but that that's my reasoning um the Chargers are definitely struggling. I'll be surprised if their rookie kicker has a job come this weekend, uh, missing a couple field goals uh, in week two, then the blocked one, which I guess you can't really blame on him, but you know to tie the game to take it into overtime in week one and failed to do so. But that's kind of what the Raiders are. Uh, you know, I think that Philip Rivers is a great quarterback. I really do. I think he turns in a lot of receivers that are third or fourth string guys on other teams and bring them over here, and they're playing with first string potential. I think that he really brings out the full potential and exceeds some of those potentials and some of the receivers that they bring in, but Keenan Allen's back for who knows how long, and... Then you have, uh, they just drafted Mike Williams, who still hasn't played yet with his back injury, but you know another big guy like Keenan Allen. Uh, Benjamins looked good. Uh, I think they have another Williams over there who's looked pretty good this year, too. And then you got Gordon coming out of the backfield, who's been a really good receiving back. But, at the same time, they have no offensive line, just like the Giants. So, you know I'll go into a little bit more of that when we talk tomorrow, since we're playing the Chargers tomorrow, but... I think the Chargers will still be at the bottom of this division. But, you know, in a couple years, I definitely think they'll be big contenders uh, if they keep going the route they are. Um, But I really think that the only thing that's exceeded my expectations for this year in the West, you know, other than, you know, just like all the stuff we talked about with the Chiefs, but the Broncos. Uh, The Broncos' defensive line, they've brought in a few key pieces to step up there. Uh, DeMarcus Ware retiring, and then Shane Ray being out. Uh Barnett, I think, is the guy stepping in right now, and he's looked pretty good. Uh But overall, the I think the biggest thing that surprised me is that Trevor Simeons actually looked like a decent quarterback and not just a backup. So we'll see. We'll see how they uh continue to go. But I'm definitely very uh still strong on the fact that the chiefs win this division um you know it might be another shootout to the week 17 again like it was last year but i think that the chiefs have you know you you can say the oakland raiders have the best offense you can say that the denver broncos have the best defense but best overall overall built team i think the chiefs have the winning in that and I think that, you know, especially they have the best coach, I think, by a long shot, actually. Um, So I expect the Chiefs to win the division this year. And those are kind of my, you know, what I had for expectations, who's exceeded them. Uh, I can't really think of someone that's, you know, other than, like, you know, of course, Terrence Mitchell right now uh, in his first two games from injury, not playing all preseason. Other than that, I really can't think of somebody that d- hasn't met my expectation. Um, i've been I've had a couple you know disagreements about D Ford, but he's right where my expectations were. He's a good rusher, he's good in coverage but a liability in the run game and I have not seen anything to show me otherwise. Uh, who knows I'll probably do a you know film review on him later on down the road. Uh, to show you guys what I'm talking about, but, uh, overall, I'm very satisfied from what we've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs, and I really hope that, especially the offense keeps it going, I hope that they can get better on defense, I think Eric Murray's gonna be a lot bigger of a piece than a lot, a lot of people expected, do not expect him to be Eric Berry though, Eric Berry, in my opinion, is the best safety in this league, and I do not expect Eric Murray to step up and be that, um... I think that he has a lot of the traits and play styles as Eric Berry. You know, he was a slot corner in college. So, you know, he's that guy that I would like to keep coming down and play, you know, against tight ends and stuff like that. And we'll see him progress over the year. You know, he hasn't had a whole lot of playing time, especially at safety. He, He came in a few times last year and looked good. He looked good in the preseason other than that missed tackle that everyone really just wants to, you know, put his head on a stick for. But... This is going to be his first year getting some real snaps. And, you know, he... I I think he played like 69% of the defensive snaps on Sunday. And I think he looked really good. And I think that he can really develop this year. And at that point, we could be looking at a team coming into next year with four solid safeties. You know, that's if uh, Parker doesn't get let go at the end of the year or whatever traded. I don't know. But... You know, of course, I would definitely not want to see that happen. I think that Parker is a huge part of this defense, very underrated. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens in time. And um, overall, like I said, I'm just very excited. Uh, I really hope that, you know, this is a year that we could make a run for the Super Bowl. Uh, like I've said, as much as I've said that I don't think that Alex Smith will get us to a Super Bowl, it's not that he can't. I just don't see him doing it. And, you know, until I see it, you know, the play that he has been doing the last two weeks, especially in week one, until I see that type of play from him in the playoffs, I'm going to continue to think that way. Um, but don't get me wrong. I want to see Alex Smith win a Super Bowl this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. Even if that means Pat Mahomes sits for a little longer, I'm okay with that. I want the Super Bowl now. And as excited as I am and the love that I have for Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, I've never wanted the Chiefs to draft someone so bad since I've started really paying attention to football. You know, I'm only twenty-seven years old. So when I started watching football is back in the priest Holmes era. So um in the probably fifteen years and then probably ten years of really you know, you know, 5 or 10 years of really, you know, in-depth watching Chiefs football, not just your casual fan. Uh Mahomes was probably the most you know, biggest player that I wanted to see come to Kansas City. That I would be most excited for. So, yes, I'm very excited for him to step in and I think that you know, there's the discussions and debates about what Alex Smith has to do to keep his job next year, but you got to look at you know, the, the value, you know, you got to look at how much Alex Smith is going to make next year, which is somewhere around 20 million. And, uh, so that's a huge factor. Uh, and then it'll also depend on where Pat Mahomes is sitting, uh, next, you know, over the off season, like when he comes back to camp, how good does he look? How much did he learn sitting behind Alex Smith for a year? And, you know, if he's looking even eighty percent of Alex Smith coming into camp next year, I think you gotta let Smith go, get some trade value watts there because you're gonna be paying a rookie quarterback rookie quarterback salary, which is something like I think they'd save seventeen million by getting rid of Smith next year, and that seventeen million not only can it you know get a couple contracts taken care of early on, like Marcus Peters and a couple other players, but it can also bring in talent to put around Pat Mahomes to help him succeed. So, like I said, I do want to see Alex Smith win a Super Bowl this year. I really do. I think that he is a good quarterback. I know a lot of people. I feel like it's either he, you know, there's not many people that are right in the middle. Uh, It's either they think he's a GOAT or that he's garbage. And I'm not either one of those things. Uh, I think that he is above average quarterback. But he has to be pushed. And like I said. I think it was last episode. Uh, it seems to me that he needs that rookie first round pick talent. Sitting right behind him. For him to really get going. And as much as that really sucks. it, I mean there's no real argument there. You know his best season before he got hurt was the year that they drafted Colin Kaepernick. And then if he keeps playing the way he is right now for the rest of the year, it's going to be the same thing with Pat Mahomes having the best season of his career right after they draft a first round rookie quarterback. So we will see. Uh, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to try and record tonight for tomorrow so you'll be able to get it in the morning, but schedule's been kind of a little wacky lately so we'll see how it goes but at the latest you'll have your Friday Red Friday episode at 3 30 on Friday afternoon um I will definitely you know let you guys know on Twitter if I can record tonight or if I cannot so thanks for tuning in for your extra episode a little bit longer this time going about 45 minutes but I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really enjoyed talking a little more just about the team overall instead of just a game. Uh, But tomorrow we will be talking about the Chiefs going into L.A. to play the Chargers. And, yes, I still have to really think about that when I'm talking about the Chargers, that they're in L.A. now in a soccer stadium that's going to be full of red like it was even in their stadium in San Diego in Week 17. It was just just a sea of red in that stadium. There is hardly any charged fans there, but there's tons of Chiefs fans. And I expect a lot of Chiefs fans to be out there in L.A. Uh, come Sunday afternoon. And so I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Make sure you go over to Arrowhead Addict. Find my articles there. The uh, article about Sorensen and Murray are out right now. They came out today. And then uh, my article about the... Uh, what the Chiefs' defense has to do for this game come Sunday should be out tomorrow over there on Arrowhead Addict. And this podcast is on Blog Talk Radio. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, Podcast Addict. Um, if Basically, if it's not where you usually listen to a podcast, let me know. I will get it on there. And make sure you go over to Twitter and follow me at Stephan NFL. Uh, I've been posting up a few gifs uh this week and showing you guys what I am seeing from the chiefs and uh where I think the weaknesses are, where I think that the strengths have been basically just overall you know showing you what I am seeing and describing and I will be doing a little more of that in my articles as I have gotten to go ahead to put those clips in my articles so when I start doing film reviews I will be able to show you what I'm talking about more in depth and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about like I did uh, before I went over to Aeroid addict so make sure you hit that five star you know review Uh, leave a comment in there Uh, you know just let me know what you guys think even if if it's not there let me know on Twitter Uh, Facebook if you're friends with me on Facebook Uh, Let me know what you guys think. What you guys want to hear. I want to get you guys more involved. Um, I definitely hope to get you guys more involved after the Chargers game and your thoughts and opinions on what you saw. So keep an eye out for that on Twitter especially. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow.